<laughs> Recovery Innovative. Welcome back to Co-Create Oneness, the podcast that helps you reprogram your subconscious mind to work for you and not against you. Replace addiction with purpose and put in a daily practice of being the best you. This is your host, Dan Wilkes. Let's dive right in. Well, I myself, I've deleted the desire to use drugs from my mind and heart. I have complete control over my decisions. And I accomplished this all without rehab or a 12-step program. The goal of this show is to inspire the change needed to innovate the program. My life is dedicated to sharing the ultimate cure for addiction. Uh, my guest today is an Instafam friend of mine that I have grown very fond of. See, there are only a few people that I that graze my wall, and I don't scroll much. So, so but my friend Kier Gregory is a he's on his own path to personal enlightenment and empowerment. I see him shining on in his gym, his home gym. It looks like all the time. <laughs> um, I and I and thousands of other people have defeated drugs and alcohol and addiction without the brainwashing of a 12-step program. Not only that, there's science that backs up the, the findings that I talk about on this show. I'm so blessed that Kier's joined us today. Uh, welcome to the show, Kier. It's great to be here, Dan, seriously. Like I say, I hope, hope like I say we can do something good, you know. Yeah. Definitely. Well, <laughs> tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and, uh, and your background. Well, I'm 34. I uh, I struggled with uh, alcohol and cocaine addiction for nearly 15 years. I've been out of active addiction for nearly five years since the birth of my daughter. Mm. And uh, I've never stepped foot in an AA, NA or CA meeting. I've never done the 12 steps. Um, over here in Britain, AA isn't even a big thing. I mean, could we got... Um, obviously we got our own healthcare system. It's all funded by the government mm. outsourced, obviously, but mm. so I've done treatment programs, but I've never done, never worked through the steps, never stepped foot in a meeting ever, never been to rehab. That's great. So, so that, that's good for me to know. I see I'm, I'm on a learning experience and a learning curve just, just to listen to everyone else's experience. Cause here's the thing. It's not necessarily wrong. That I found sobriety by working the steps. I've relapsed five different times over a span of 13 years. And I and I started to ask myself towards the last relapse, I was getting into consciousness. I was I was studying the subconscious mind and the science of mind. And I was being inspired by people speaking and me watching content. And just I slowly started reprogramming my mind, is what I call it. Because that's all I listen to. But I traded TV and music for motivational content and podcasts and and, and audiobooks and and this knowledge trip. And what I've learned is that our reality is ran 95% subconsciously, meaning unconscious, we're not aware of it. It's 95% what you thought, said, and did yesterday that controls your today. And if you're unaware of it, then you are a controlled being you're controlled 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and so in the steps, it's so you weren't even when you say that you didn't work the steps. Are you aware of what the steps are? Have, have you? I, is it, I know about the steps because okay. my father-in-law yeah. is also an alcoholic, and he did. He went to AA for a little while, and then he just he dropped out of it, and he's he's been off the booze for ten years. But right. so I do know the basics. I know about the steps, but mm-hmm. I've never I've never really looked into them at all. So um, what I what I found what I found is that this blue book was written in 1953. Over the past over the past nine months, I've been studying this for about nine months. I've got highlighters all through it, and. So 1953, and it was pulled out from the 1930s AA edition of the of Doctor Bill's fi- findings. So it was a doctor that saw a problem. He saw a trend. People were losing control of their lives to alcohol. Then it became drugs. Then, like so, it's the same stuff that worked. Fellowship and and and. Uh, the unity of people trying to accomplish the same goal. This was working, right? But then in 1963, Dr. Joseph Murphy released the the power of the subconscious mind. So, so for the past 91 years, we haven't innovated. Let me let me ask you, Kier, would you agree that the reason that I'm speaking to you in Britain from Colorado Springs, Colorado, it's because of innovation? Would you agree? Oh, God, yeah. Like I say when I was when I've seen your videos and stuff and some of the stuff that you, you put out, that's why I reached out to you because what you were saying, it was basically how the sort of shit I've been through. Yeah. It's not, you know, the answers aren't in the blue book. They're not, they're not out. The answers are in here. Exactly. You just got to realize change comes from within. You know, if you get to the point where, you want to change. You want to stop drinking. You want to stop taking drugs or whatever. You'll do that when you decide that's the time and, and you've got a reason to do it, then you'll do it. Mm, your reasons. Ed Milet talks about his big old reasons. You know Ed Milet? No, I don't. Uh, you should check him out. He's a speaker. Um, so he talks about his – so he um, he went into the doctor. His daughter's just born, and the doctor's, like, looking at this scan – that was performed on a heart scan or whatever. And he said, man, I can't believe that these arteries are in that young a body. And so it said, Hey man, do you, do you want to live to see your daughter's wedding? And he was, so the doctor instilled in Ed big old reasons. He said, do you want to live to see your daughter's wedding? And his daughter was just born. So his big old reasons became, you know, I get my ass up and I get to the gym every day and I'm not going to miss the gym. Because I have my big old reasons. I'm, uh, you know, most most other people they might not think that they're going to miss their daughter's wedding if they don't go to the gym. But I, I've convinced myself that I will miss my daughter's wedding, and it's just I align with that. Would you agree? I mean, I have my reasons now. Do you? Oh yeah, totally. That's that's the whole reason I'm here talking to you now. You know, that's the thing. Obviously, I I was on a one way trip. Oh, if it if my daughter wasn't born. I would be either dead now or I'd be in prison for a long stretch. Mm. You know, I was, oh, there was only one way I was going and it was not a good place. I'd like, I'd like to study that, that that's cause that's the one reason. Look, it's cause here's my saying. If you place your joy, what brings you joy? The single most thing that brings you the most joy, if you place that in a person, 
a place or a thing, a noun. It's going to require that no matter if it's your wife or your children, it's going to require them to be present in your life in order for you to have joy. Now, if you place that joy in something that you can predicate, you place it in in a thing that you can practice on every single day. It's something that pulls you out of bed in the morning. And the the, the, an adjective, a verb, (laughs) but but most that's the one noun that is acceptable and it's something about having a kid and i'm still not there yet Uh, yeah i'm ready to be a dad i know i'm gonna be a great one definitely yeah so so you say that has a big deal with your you don't want your daughter or son what is it i've got two two little girls oh oh man you're gonna be cleaning a shotgun soon yeah (laughs) i mean i i decided from the minute she opened her eyes. I looked at her. I thought, I don't want her experiencing the shit that I've been through, you know, and I don't, she deserves more for sure than what I am now. So you've got, I had to be the man that my family need me to be, you know? Yes. And I think, like I say, when you have children, because you've had your experiences with your addiction and things like that, you'll be able to say to your own kids, look, I'm not being funny. Mm-hmm. Drugs, drink, whatever, will fuck up your life. Yeah. You know, just stay away from that shit. Like, you know, you don't need to go through that sort of thing that I've been through. Right, right. So I just released an episode um, uh, the motivation. So I do the thrice weekly motivation. <laughs> it's crazy you say it. Uh, words are very, very, very powerful. It's yeah. the main, main gist of my message is um, Florence Scoble Shen is, is like a metaphysician that wrote wrote a, b- a bunch of books about the law of attraction and metaphysical meaning co- states of consciousness, interpretations of scripture. It introduced me to Christ consciousness, if you will. So now I understand Jesus as a consciousness and the king, the crown chakra. And he was a, yeah, I just, that's why I created co-create oneness. Yeah. Co-create oneness. Sadhguru, like the Hindus, the, like the, everybody's right. We have our own depictions of the same one energy. This, the thing that pumps your heart without you having to say heart, heart, I need you to pump. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's something. That's something that we all share. You don't have to think to breathe. You don't have to say, all right, lungs. But look, that's the, the, the only thing that stays with you your entire life. Your breath and your heartbeat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, Kier, let's 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 dive into to, to how you how did you besides your daughter and besides yeah. the commitment that you made to your daughter, what did you predicate in your life? Like, what? How are you fighting the good fight today? Basically, what I did, I, I sort of. I knew that I had to replace addiction with another interest. So like you see me on the, on the Instagram, I'm working out, eating healthily, focusing on healthy body, healthy mind. Yeah. I, as soon as I stopped boozing, as soon as I stopped sniffing Coke, I went and got a gym membership and it gave me a reason, like I said, to get out of bed in the morning, right. you know, before work, rather than waking up in the morning feeling like shit because you've got a hangover. I get up, work out, feel great, go to work, you know. Me too. Me too. 
that's 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 exactly that. You can focus on your own health, your own well-being. It makes you better able to function in life and a better, so true. better person. Yeah, dude. Look, it, the gym is this for me. It was is the key to unionize unionizing my mind to do what I tell it to do in every area of life. So yeah. while while I'm on, I started with the elliptical. 15 minutes turned into 20 minutes turned into 20. Then I'd go up on the level and try to go the same amount. Then there's so many different ways where you can increase 1.333% and meet 10% better every week. And so that's what I committed to. And now I have to keep my headphones on because people stare at me because I'm not focused on anything, but mastering my mind. I'm not there for my body. I know the body will come. I want to outwit the the quitting mind that 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 uh that David Goggins talks about. Okay. But what you say is is totally true. Someone, my psychiatric nurse said to me, like, you need to try mindfulness. And I sort of thought, this is crazy, man. I mean, and she said it could be anything. It's not necessarily going to meditate and it could be playing the guitar. It could be it's something like what you say, you just you go there and you just be. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's kind of my mindfulness. I go in for that hour or so, mm-hmm. and it's literally that is just like it's. I'm just, just be, yeah. Cool, yeah. That's a good way to explain it. That's that's the that's the most common way to explain a meditation is meditation to someone that says they can't meditate. It's like what do you? It's like what do you think meditation is? <laughs> my mom, I. She's like, I can't, I just can't. I'm like, and so slowly she, she does it on her own now. I, so my yeah. actions have inspired the change in her. And that, oh, let's talk about that. Like you right now, by just by changing your life, you won't have to, you won't have to tell your kids much. Your actions no. are going to show them like, dang, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is it. That's the aim of the game, you know? Ultimately, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing, the whole aim, really. And if I could help, if I could help just one person, then that it sort of goes it, in in a way it'll go to sort of repaying some of the karmic debt that I've picked up along the way, you know, because we all done bad things that we shouldn't have done, when we're not proud of, you know. Let's talk about that. Yes, uh, let's talk about that. So in this book. The main gist of it is keeping the, all those things out in front of you. Like, let, let me explain. First off, number one, it's written in first person. Yeah. So when and the opening lines of the, first, the book says that it's based on the shared experience of people in the program. So would you go to a depressed person and say, hey, could you teach me how to overcome depression? Not while they're actually depressed. No way. <laughs> Well, that's that's what's going on. Because here's the thing. Unless you delete like we have the desire to do it, you no longer desire to do it. That's the cure. Does the cure give you the ability to do just one with some control? Or does it cure you of the desire to do the thing, you know, that ruined your life? For me, it was meth and crack and heroin. So, I like the taste of beer. I drink a beer every now and then. I have control over my life and my yeah. decisions that I make. That is the ultimate recovery. And now I'm treading uphill 
What do you have to say? What do you have to say about that? <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, you know. I know that basically, I am in my office now. My boss put a bath. I know there's a bottle of vodka back there, but I don't want to drink it. And I, no, my missus will have a bottle of wine in the house, and I, I don't even think about drinking it. I, I go to a bar. I wouldn't even think about having a drink. I have a Coke and drive home, you know, and I'm quite happy with that because it's got, I've got to that point now where it's just been so long that it's got, it's gotten easier and easier every day. You know, I'm in control now. I love that. I know. Me too. Me too. The, the, the ability, like I know, and I use this analogy all the time. If you put a plate full of meth, crack, and heroin in front of me right now, I'd blow it in the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate it. And Jesus, the great master, he said, you know, when the disciples are asking him, how, how do we get into heaven? How do, how, do, how, do we, how do we pray? And he's like, don't do what you hate. Don't lie and don't do what you hate. Literally, his first, first remark was don't lie and don't do what you hate. Yeah. So, so now that I hate, hate this thing, it all makes sense to me. So but yeah, we're, we're, we have the same ultimate goal, me and you, and that's to give people the truth that you are the maker of your reality. If you can think yourself into an addiction, you can think yourself out of it without 12 steps. You don't need oh, yeah. 12 steps. You a couple of steps. So what I do, I, I, I like to talk about programming, man. And uh, here, um, because what what I've realized from the music I've listened to all my life that became my reality. So I listened to 90s grunge and and, oh. and, and all of the drug filled music. Yeah. And at 15. By 17, I was addicted to almost everything. So almost like it's cool to be addicted to drugs. You know, that's the thing. It's 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 the same with alcohol. I don't know in the States is a bit different, but in England, if you ever watch English TV, we've got the soaps. Mm -hmm. So you've got EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale. Mm -hmm. They are all set around the pub. And alcohol is Basically, people are shown if they're having a bad time, they go to the pub and drink. And it's shown alcohol is almost shown as something that is a way to re- to relieve your problems. And it's not. It's a way to. It's implied, right? It's not said. It's not like, hey, drink this shit. But it's like, here it is. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's rammed down your throat all day. You couldn't. In Britain, you can't have tobacco advertising on television. Right. Because it causes cancer. It kills you. Uh-huh. But. During the middle of the day, while kids are still watching TV, alcohol. you can advertise booze. You can advertise alcohol. And they on these adverts, they'll make out that if you drink this, you'll be sophisticated or you'll be a social butterfly. Yeah. When people like me, they know that's not the case. If I drink that, I want to go up, to, I'm gonna go into town, I want to cause absolute chaos, and then on the way home, I'll drive home absolutely pissed, and I'll probably kill somebody or myself. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the that's the reality of it. Yeah, it's, it's that it's that we're that programmable. Like the reality of that 
So uh, the, the episode I just posted today, it's about it's about the power of affirmations in music and, and, and rapping or, or singing along with words all the time, getting a song stuck in your head with words that don't serve you for yeah. like like Eminem's cleaning out my closet. And I, I, I put it on the episode like I, I don't, I'm, I'm curious what people are going to think about it. I didn't do it to rap. I did it to show the lyrics and, and get people to see. Is this sound like something you want to be saying to yourself all the time? For instance, in the first step, in the first step of 12-step recovery, you have, we admitted that we are powerless over our addiction. Now, that's only the first sentence. Let's just stop there. We admitted is the same for a group as saying for a single person, I admitted, which is a statement of agreeance. So I am is also a statement of agreeance. And I've seen the first step written. I am powerless. So no matter what, there's no argument. We admitted I am same thing commands the subconscious. Why? Because the subconscious mind only accepts and makes true in your life what you agree with one and two, what you nourish with repetition. The things that you think, say and do most your body learns them better than you. And then, and then, so, so when you, for me, when, when you do drugs for 13 years and then, so 95% of your life is addiction. And then with your five little percent of consciousness, you're like, I'm a good person. I want to help. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like, ah, how can I change? And then you type in how to recover from addiction on Google and the first eight pages point you to a $60,000 rehab facility that doesn't promise any results. Just No. The only results it promises is a bit like women that go to Slimming World, Weight Watchers, things like that. It's the same with addiction programs. Basically, people go to these diet groups or addiction programs or whatever. They get their life on track for a little while. They drop out the program. The program stops making money. Yep. And sure enough, people get fat. People start drinking again. People start taking drugs again. Oof. They're back to that expensive program. And it's oh. making people money. Oh, yeah, I'm glad you just said that, Kier. Thank you, God, that we are in flow. We are in flow. That was that's Look, this is not just NA. It's, it's, it's incorporated, my friends, my yeah. audience. It's incorporated. <laughs> the reason why nonprofit organizations incorporate is so that they don't have to pay taxes. So, yeah. so that they get to keep all the money. So show me the people's lives that are being changed through the money. That's being, this is a world billion dollar wide company. Yeah. Someone out there is getting very rich and very fat of other people's misery. Uh, let, let's talk about this anonymity. Secrets don't make friends, right? No. The old saying, so when you write something anonymously in first person, full of nothing but negative bullshit, and then you tell people to repeat this over and over at every meeting, read who is an addict, read what is the addiction, read, and read all these things over and over and over again, every meeting, and you say, hi, I'm Danny, I am an addict, I am. I am the two most powerful words in the English language. The two words that command your subconscious mind, it only accepts what you agree with, 
what follows those words it makes real in your life. And then we say, I am an addict that struggles with blankety blank, 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 blah. It's just bullshit, man. It's the first word when they say you admit that you are powerless is the biggest lie. Because <laughs> I've not, when I heard you say it, I've said it myself. I have never been powerless. I just didn't know how to get myself out of that hole. But I had power to put myself in that position. You wanted it, the desire, right? Yeah, you know, when I was young, I suppose a bit like you're saying with your listeners and 90s grunge music and things like that, I would look up to people on TV or music or whatever that are into drugs and they're glorifying their misery. And I would think that that's cool. And I could sort of put myself in that position. But when I realized what I had to do, I was never powerless. I had the power to pull myself straight back out of it because I got into it. The very definition of powerless is that you're without ability, influence or power. Like, like you lack the, the action. You can't perform the action. That's bullcrap. It's bullcrap. You just don't know what the action is, right? Yeah. Yeah, You just don't, you don't know yet. People don't know the way forward yet. That's the thing. And that's, that's what I struggled with for 15 years. I had the power. I just didn't know where it was. I just didn't know. It was inside me the whole time. I just didn't have, I just didn't know how to do it. What gave me my power back was not the programming. I've just now found my power. Like it's, it's with me at all times. I've, I'm, 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 I'm the strongest I've ever been in my life at 33 yeah. and I plan on being a lot stronger. <laughs> like I can see where I'm going, but so my power, I've realized that I'm just going to take the Bible that I'm used to, that I've been raised around my entire life. Yeah. The church, I believe was created for fear. Yeah. My, in my opinion. So, but, but here's why. Because the Bible is uh, the scriptures that they found that 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 is our Bible were written about states of consciousness. It's a it's metaphysical book that has nothing to do. Moses parting the Red Sea has nothing to do with literally parting the Red Sea. It's talking about your pain, your all the obstacles in your life and you believing that you're in connection with the creator of all creation. And you can say part. And your waters will part, and then you'll get over onto the other side dry. But that's faith faith, the substance of things that you hope for, but the evidence of things that you don't see. People don't realize faith is action. You, you, you can say you believe something, and your actions prove that false. Yeah, I, I know I said a lot there, but the gist of it is that so God. Genesis, yeah, I remember it's a scripture. So Genesis, I mean, John 1 1 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. Well, what are words? Words in any language, they're an expression of how we think and feel. Doesn't matter what language it's in, it's an expression written or orally of how we think and feel. Now, there are scholars and very religious people that will say, well, it's talking about the 66 books of the King James Bible. Well, those 66 books were written by a king. 
um, or were, were written by a, a man that believed he was in connection with the creator of all creation. And they were chosen by a king who left out so many other scriptures. Uh, in other words, if words are just an expression of how we think and feel, let's replace word in the scripture. Let's replace that with the definition. And it sounds a lot better. In the beginning were our thoughts and feelings. Yeah. And our thoughts and feelings were with God. And our thoughts and feelings are God seeking expression through our lives. Pain is the pathway. You can't come through this third dimension and ascend into the fourth without experiencing and mastering the pain and obstacles in your life. Experience is the necessity. So in the beginning was the word, right? So gen let's go back to Genesis. Genesis talks about the beginning. Yeah. In the, in the beginning was nothing, right? Imagination. Imagine we were created in the imagination of the father. So I, what I see it as is thought, imagination is God, right? So consciousness. And, and it says, Genesis 1-1, there was nothing. There was just the word and consciousness. So, and then God did something. It's what, I mean, it's what he did that's so exciting. He said, let there be light. It didn't just create the light. He set it into existence. So that means it was imagination. And then he said yeah. it and then he did it. And now it's so. So that tells you we live in the third dimension, thinking, saying, and doing. So mo most, most of us, 70% of people, they think one thing. They go gossip to their friends another thing using their words. And they go do another thing. Well, Jesus, the great master, he says, by your words, you are justified. By your words, you are condemned. If our words were with God and they were used to create the universe, then this means this is the most powerful tool or the most destructive weapon on the face of this planet. Like, oh, it could be. That's the thing. See, we could be, you know, imagine if you're rewriting the Bible now for your own experiences and your own, your own mind, you know, like it, because obviously religion is something that was written. It don't, it's it not necessarily modern life has changed so much since someone wrote the Bible or the Quran or, or whatever, all these scriptures are written sort of a thousand years ago, 2000 yeah. years ago, you yeah. know, most like we're sort of, we're readapting to the modern way completely completely agreed the, where the world is headed is amazing so what i've come to learn or, or what i align with is the belief that it's not the end of the world you know all these harsh times there's always going to be harsh times look back in history there's been some kind of difficulty in every single year there's oh yeah. some kind of challenge there's always some pandemics diseases uh, disasters, natural disasters. There's something going on in the world every year. It's not, oh, the calamity, the world's ending. Ah, no, it's the end of the, it's the end of the age of fear. People are realizing worldwide that fear is false evidence appearing real. It's just in your mind. Yeah. And, and, and that if you don't think about it, you won't attract it to your life. What do you think about this it? Is the whole, I mean, I think people are starting to get the world is starting to change. And I think the next few years, I think once, you know, people are going to start thinking a lot differently. 
I think the it, good things around the corner. But like you say, there's always going to be there'll be another problem when coronavirus is gone. Right. There'll be another. So there'll be something else around the corner. But hard times create strong men, <sighs> and strong men create good times. You know. So what people are going through now, what people have been through, they're going to shape the future. You know. For sure. That was beautiful. That's, I, I completely agree. You have to go through some stuff in order to be the best you. Oh, yeah, exactly. Do you let your pain and the things that you've got, the only way to make that stuff right, all the things, the reasons, look, it's my saying that every addict uh, seeks fulfillment in drugs, either to provide the presence of a missing joy or to stimulate an absence of their pain and fear. To begin reprogramming your mind with the fastest known technology available, try going to danwilkscom slash second mind. That's D-A-N-W-I-L-K-Z dot com forward slash the number two N-D-M-I-N-D. I live a life of service right now. I think it's the reason why everything is falling into line. In every conversation that I have, I'm looking how I can help in every Every time that I'm out of line or aggravated with my mom that does not deserve to be aggravated at, I'm I'm putting that 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 demon in check. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. the old me would be like, rah, 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 and I'm just I'm I'm proud of who I'm becoming because I'm treating the ones I love like the best that I've ever treated them. Like the change is obvious in me. It, it, I'm sure it is with you as well, man. How long have you said you've been clean for about 10 years now? No, nearly five years. Five. But like you say, I mean, your family now will be so proud of you because of not, it doesn't matter what you did in the past 10 years right. ago. It's the person you are today. You know what I mean? So true. So true. I, I say, if you wouldn't do it today, you're convicting an innocent person. Yeah, this is it, you know. I mean, so where you're living this life of service, you're being a good man, your yeah. family are probably so proud of you. I know that mine are, and that's another thing that keeps me going. Let's talk about your dr the drug counseling, man. Um, how'd you get into that, and how is that treating you? Are you enjoying being a drug and alcohol counselor? I've got to be honest, I've only recently qualified. Okay. And I think it really, it was something to help me understand my own addiction, because after I got clean, um, I started studying and I thought, you know, it could be like a little thing on the, like a little project for me on the side. I've got my own job I do during the day, yeah. but I could do, if I could just help a few people or even if you just help one person. Like you said, tip that karmic scale. Exactly. Because, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Dan. I've done things that I'm, I'm really not proud of and I'm sure you have. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. When, when you're, when you've got an addiction, you are a bad person. But you're your own worst enemy, right? You're only a bad person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it doesn't matter now. I feel every now and again, I, I will get these feelings of guilt. And I imagine you'll get the same. Yes. But it doesn't, I owe it to people that are close to me to be the best version of myself. Me too. So it doesn't. I can't keep punishing myself for things that I've done in the past, 10, 20 years ago or whatever. The only way I can make it right is by being the best person I can now 
and trying to help somebody else. Once you get that momentum going too, that momentum, once you, once that one person gets, here's how it happened with me. I found, I I joined Instagram and created my Instagram account, uh, started my brand, posted a few videos. I I followed law of attraction and and recovery um, uh, groups with people with a lot of followers. Yeah. And, 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 like literally my finger got really good at it. I was like, shum, da, 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 <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And eventually they started following me back to where now I'm following about 7,000 people, but I'm, I've got about 1700 followers now all in the place that I want to be most present. Here's the yeah. thing. I've, I feel me and you, we have something every other person that's practicing this program is looking for and that's freedom yeah definitely freedom. um just for today we have a program um <laughs> uh you relapsed did did you did you find a sponsor did you, oh you stopped working the steps ah <laughs> like i say i i i don't buy any of that crap that the AA mind control if you ask me man yeah. Mind control. You know, let's let's, it, let's be honest. It was created in the 1930s. This is yeah. this is the Great Depression. That's the opposite of right now, the Great Awakening. So it's like they they were trying to turn marijuana into some reefer madness and all this bullcrap about the pot plant. It's like it's the only drug that doesn't kill. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, I, I don't take it now because I right. I'm clean sober, but I right. smoked weed before I went into recovery. Yeah. But it was something I could pick it up and I could put it back down again. Yeah. The only reason I stopped smoking marijuana was because I got asthma. I see. And I'll be smoking a joint with one hand and I'll be using a Ventolin with the other one. I thought, <laughs> oh, it's time to give up smoking, you know? I agree. So I agree. It's not like a dangerous drug like alcohol or cocaine where it ruined my life. There's complete, there's shamanic, uh, there are holistic recovery specialists and shamanic recovery um, healers that use marijuana in Colorado. They use marijuana to help people recover. Here's the thing. If you healed all that bullshit or, or, or was just able to look it in the face and say, that'll never happen again. Yeah. You see, the laws in, in this country, in, in Britain now, uh, we got the Misuse of Drugs Act, was written in 1971. Mm. They're totally out of date. If you rewrote all of the drug laws today, mm. alcohol will be a class A drug along with cocaine and heroin. So much. Other drugs have got a therapeutic use, cannabis, <laughs> <laughs> ecstasy, yeah. and, oh, God, um, I think... There's some there's some use for ketamine as well. Yeah. So the free drugs, they could be dangerous if they're misused, but cannabis, That's ecstasy, anything. ketamine, they've all got a therapeutic use. So they've just legalized medical marijuana in this country. You can't no, but it it's awesome in a word. When I say to you, Dan, medical marijuana is legal in Britain, but it's a big but. You can't get a prescription for medical marijuana from your... So medical marijuana is legal, but you can't get a prescription for medical marijuana. And the reason being, despite the fact that we grow 
industrially a huge amount of cannabis in this country mm. and we export it to other countries. Yeah. But the reason why medical marijuana is not available on prescription in this country is because Big Pharma hasn't worked out how to make money from it. This is divine destiny. I didn't even have to say anything. Yeah, people that have got a medical problem where they need marijuana, Mm. they should have the freedom to buy some seeds and grow it in the country of their own. Right. For sure. Exactly. It shouldn't be be connected to pharmaceutical companies. These are the same people that sold Oxycons in. Yeah, they're they're taking back control of it just through yeah. branding. Branding. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, in the 80s, I think it was the 80s or the 90s, they brought out diazepam, you know, and even yeah. in this country, doctors were sort of invited to these like parties yeah. where they'd say, if you can get your patients onto diazepam, you know, right. that, you- it's clinical studies. Uh, oh, my mom, I, I'm so I'm so keen to them. Look, they, my, my mom's doing one right now. They She's on Medicaid and Medicaid, yeah. the, the, the government's insurance, and they've got her on a four thousand dollar medication uh, yeah. injection for, for for better bone health called Forteo. And I guarantee it's the, the doctor had did some major convincing of my mom to get her to take it. Yeah. Wonder why? Because they got paid for it, man. <laughs> when that goes as a generic drug, all of a sudden, you'll probably get withdrawn. Because oh. you had it, the benzodiazepines, when they was uh, the drug companies were making huge money from them, they were chucking them out like Smarties. And it's the same thing in this country now with gabapentin and pregabalin. Gabapentin. Mm-hmm. It was chucked at people with chronic pain and loads of other problems. And they were just giving it to people like Smarties. Well, now all of a sudden the government is saying, well, you've got to stop giving Gabapenzi. Because it's like gold dust in prison. People in prison are yeah. uh, sort of taking 10, 12 Gabapentin at a time to knock themselves out. Mm. Oh, it's the same thing with the opiate, with the, with, with the narcotics in America, and then, and then giving us Suboxone and Methadone uh, to recover from it. Or uh, It's just... Crazy. It's like a snake. big cycle. It's a yeah. cycle. And the only way to free yourself from it is finding the thing that you love to do more than you like to get high and drink. Exactly. And, and, and honestly, every time I got high or drank in the past, it was to socialize or to party or to like to 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 do something because I was miserable inside. I was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And now I was the same, you know, people from the outside looking in at the beginning, maybe they thought I was having a really good time because I was glorifying my misery, a bit like Eminem was with his rap music. Right. That, and that's the, and, and look, it made it more powerful in your life or more potent yeah. of a thing in your life. And people that are looking out would say, oh yeah, Keir's having a good time. You know, he's really into booze and cocaine and that. But the reality of it was, Mm. I was out of control, man. I was miserable. I was depressed. I looked like shit. I felt like shit, you know, and I was, yeah, I was not, not heading in a good direction. Your body feels like shit every day. I'll give you a little depiction of mine. So at the, at the, at the very, very bottom of my dollar, like I was, 
I had a job at a foundation repair company working 50 to 60 hours a week, made forty eight thousand dollars in 2018. But this job combined with a meth and heroin addiction um, and crack, especially when I was around my mom, I, I, I saved my mom like that. Or we saved each other. It's a it's a whole longer story. Let me not get sidetracked. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's the same. It is the same with people. Like if you look at Eminem, he had a really serious addiction. But yeah. if you look at his early music, he would really glorify his shit. Yeah. And people listen to that and they think that it was really cool and it was the way. And it's, it's so only crazy. recent. So you say, I'm sorry, it's it's so crazy that you say Eminem because I just like the, the episode that I, the motivation I posted today is, is me rapping one of his songs, like a little bit of it to show people that is this something you want to make your anthem and rap this all the time? You know, yeah. watch the words that you sing along to, like find, find, find some Bob Dylan or some, some John Lennon or some artists. For instance, John Lennon create wrote the song Imagine in 528 Hertz. It's a, it's called it's a it's an ancient healing frequency. And then he was yeah. and then he was killed. Now, all of this is just conspiracy, but I, something is for sure. Fear is dying. And love is going to prevail. That's what this broadcast is all about. So I go to a gym where it's a lot of professional bodybuilders go there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of them are sort of they're filming their own stuff. And I was trying to do that a bit like with the, the whole recovery thing. Yeah. I've, I've, I've just started my own YouTube videos of how my own fitness. Right. And you're turning. During, lock, during the lockdown, when the gym was shut, I was doing exercise at home. Yeah. So I thought I'd video it. Cool. And I posted it online and it got quite a lot of views, some of it, some of it yeah. didn't. But I thought, well, now I'm back at the gym, yeah. I'll start start doing it, showing off my progress and things like that. Me too. Yeah. Cause it's starting to show like something to be proud of, isn't it? This is it. It's it's the ultimate high. It is. That's the thing. And if you can, if you imagine a person with an addiction is the most resourceful person on planet earth, because you, you have the power to do anything you're gonna find that fix yeah keep yourself high (laughs) if you used 50 percent of that power that you use to keep high or drunk or whatever on anything else you are the most you could be the most productive member of society you could rule the world man yeah for sure you know that is the thing and that's why when people say to us Oh yeah, we admitted we were powerless. That's just crap. You're cho- your power. You're choosing power, like to. Let, you're choosing the drug. So power yeah. is choice, right? Realizing that you have choice gives you power. Exactly. So you know. So if we sort of as addicts, recovering addicts, or if we call ourselves these days, right. if we use half of the power we we sort of put in to keeping ourselves absolutely off our faces into yeah. something positive, like, you know, improving our own health and mental well-being. Read 30, 30 20 pages a day of, yeah. uh, of something that can strengthen you. Uh, yeah. Eat and healthier. Strength, you know, Start doing the things that you know you should do and stop doing the things that you know you shouldn't. Yeah. You know, in, in time, you know, you might find that 
<laughs> the next lot of people that end up doing something really big are recovering addicts because they're the people that have really got they've got real serious energy because they had it when they were keeping themselves high. It's, you know, it's crazy you say that. I so when I was a kid, I grew up as. Uh, from about 11 years old, I've been Lyric Wilkins. Oh, yeah. Lyric Wilkins. <laughs> so I've always been a man of words. So so now that I'm looking back at my my life, and my in my mind, it's like a VH1 behind the music. I've been a musician all my life. I've had all these talents. I, and since I was about 12 in middle school, my, my yearbook signature, I don't know if in, in England or Britain, if y'all have... Uh, Yearbooks? We don't have them. <laughs> well, we would have all the classes and all the pictures and all the students, and then everybody would pass their books around and sign the sign the books. Yeah. And, and I would sign in every single one of them. Keep this. I'll be famous. And and at the time of signing that, I was signing it thinking I'm going to be the next Lane Staley. I'm going to be the next Eddie Vedder. Uh, you know, I I just in glorifying these these drug addict rock stars. And yeah, I became that. I got really, really popular. I, um, I made it pretty far in, in, in uh, American Idol in 2009. Um, but all of that, it was all empty. And then, so words, right? I've always been a songwriter. All of a sudden, 15 months after choosing my destiny, choosing to be sober, choosing to, to, to a life that I, to create a life I, I'm proud of. Um, 15 months later, I'm looking back at my life like, there's a reason why you were Lyric Wilkins. There's a reason why you have to free the world from the trap of believing that they have an incurable disease when there's science proving that people can self-regulate genes to upregulate the health to, to, cure, to cure cancer, leukemia, MS, Parkinson's disease. The scientific data to back that up, and you're going to tell me you have an addiction disease that you can't cure? Sounds like an excuse to me. It is an excuse. And I, I, I have probably told myself all of the same excuses that you told yourself before you got sober. I can't get sober because I've got problems in my life. Mm. I can't get sober because of this. I can't stop taking cocaine because of that. Right. But it was, all, it was lying to myself. And it's the same as you probably said it. it your addiction doesn't make your problems any better. For sure. It makes them worse, Amen. you know. Yeah. So if uh, it's it's not an incurable disease, people come out of it all the time. All the time, you know. There's people out there that are, that have got straight, and they're they're killing it. So you know, and I think that if you keep going with what you're doing, you will be famous. Dang, you know, I, I think you you know, I think if you keep keep putting that energy into what you're doing, I think you'll, you'll definitely make it. I, I, I think that's so too, but I see that I see. So what I was getting at was writing that and believing that as such a young kid for so long with no end of the sentence, I'll be famous because why now the universe is like, yeah, yeah, but that, that belief is programmed into me. I programmed that belief. That's one positive belief that stuck with me all my life. So now that I'm sober, it's like, hey, man, you're going to be famous. Why? Yeah. Well, it's because you're going to provide the world with the truth. So the truth, I'm ready to talk about the truth. 
I get my heart starts beating really fast when I talk about this truth. I get shaky when I talk about this truth because half of me fears if somebody killed John Lennon for trying to spread love in an ancient solfeggio frequency, then imagine what they're going to try to do to me when I when I when I show them that you don't need to be believing this program anymore. You don't need a program. You can download your own programs. Your brain is a supercomputer. So my mission, let me ask you, Kira, um, my main question, if you 85% sure that the college you were fixing to pay for your, your daughters was they were going to fail because of the school, because of the program at the school, would you pay for the college? Of course I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were 85% sure that it was going to rain, thunderstorm, would you go have a picnic or go swimming? Absolutely not. You wouldn't and if do you it. were 85% sure your chicken dinner was cooked all the way, would you still chow down on it knowing you might get salmonella? No. <laughs> like, no. But. All of these analogies I just like to spit. I, could, I like coming up with new ones because right now in the world of recovery, those first eight pages of Google that point you to a 12-step program, in that program, 85% of people relapse before their first year of sobriety. And they're told, like I was, four and five different times, it's because you didn't work the program. You didn't get a sponsor. You didn't do the fourth step. You didn't do the moral inventory. All these different things. No, the problem is you didn't, you didn't find your deepest passion, a purpose in life, Combine the two, start personal development, and figure out how you can provide reciprocal value to other people's lives. That's that in itself will cure you of the desire to use drugs. Exactly that. The other thing is as well is it's almost like they tell they certainly told me when I first hit treatment mm-hmm. that you will have a relapse. Right. Me too. It, me too. Oh yeah, it's your first time. Yeah, you'll be back. Yeah, you'll be back. You'll have a relapse. Well, you to tell me what I want. Like, yeah, I mean, when I was doing it 20 years ago, when I first was taking drugs or whatever, the world of drugs was different. Fentanyl wasn't around then. Oh, fentanyl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so now if you say to an addict who's got no tolerance to drugs, mm-hmm. you're going to have a relapse. You might be killing that person. For sure. Because they might suddenly do fent and they're fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it only takes a small bite. I, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like I've lost more friends to that drug than I have to actual heroin because yeah. of the fentanyl. Yeah. I um I had spinal surgery a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, and they injected me with fentanyl in the vein. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying to the guy that this, I remember saying this is you know this is next level shit. Right. And that was before I started hearing about, because obviously we haven't got this epidemic in Britain as much as what you have in the States, mm. the fentanyl epidemic. But it's coming. It's coming because... Oh, it's here. It's, it's here. Coming. Yeah, it's, I know it's in the States. It's, it's oh, okay. Here. You're saying it's not there yet. Okay, yeah. It's not here yet. We haven't got crystal meth here yet. But it's yeah. coming. It, people are starting to use it and people are starting to use it. And why? And why? Let's talk about, we were just talking about why. Why? Because of, because of uh, the Walter, the Walter Whitman's or whites, the Walter whites with Breaking Brad and, and the, and the Narcos and the programs yeah. that idolize it and make it cool. That's what's bringing it to the, that's what's bringing it to the streets of Britain now is 
uh, crystal meth is, is becoming a scene. It's quite I can it's look weird. back at every movie. I can choose Britain movie. I can choose uh, uh, The Four Rooms. Uh, I can choose uh, uh, Snatch, uh, Lock, Stock, and Three Smoking Barrels. All these yeah. all these favorite movies of mine, and, and they've idolized smoking, booze, cocaine. Yeah. Beating the shit out of innocent people. Like, I don't know, man. Like, the, if you spend most majority of uh, of Americans spend a third of their life watching television, three to four yeah. hours a day, three to four hours a day. So when you do that, and, and when you watch television and you get really into it, you descend from conscious consciousness. You drop into alpha. Same thing when you're driving a car. When you're driving a car, have you ever driven a car and, you, you know, you're talking to someone because you've been driving for 20 years and you're, you're talking to someone. And then all of a sudden you look up, look out the window and you you haven't been paying attention. Your body's yeah. been driving the car for you. Same thing when you happen. That's the subconscious mind. So yeah. you drop down into a programmable state and then all of that negative fear, media, Propaganda bullshit programs us for failure. The, my, the change in my life occurred by me making the decision to stop watching TV and 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 stop listening to everybody else's opinion. I, I, I even at the gym, I keep my eyes closed. There's 33 TVs up on the wall. I keep my headphones in with the motivation I create on my podcast, and I play it. And I keep my eyes closed. And I guarantee you, I work. 10 times harder than anybody in that gym. Actually, I try to notice it because that's how I build myself up. That's how you give yourself those victories. When you look and you just take a small notice to everybody else, you know, how long did he, he just sat down. He just, he, did, he only did five reps and then he got up uh, or, or, or that, that dude's only been, he's been sitting there for 25 minutes or that lady or whatever people get, I, they give up. There's yeah. They, they're not into it. And I am. And I know that for myself, it's not for bragging purposes. That's the spark that's ignited in my life. If that isn't the cure for addiction, I don't know what it is. That That's exactly what it is. That is the cure for addiction. Every person on this planet who's got an addiction has also got the, the, the method to get rid of that addiction. Inside of them. Yeah, they just don't know it yet. Right. You know? That's the thing. But the answers are here. The answers are inside yourself because I've said it once, I'll say it again. You know, we put ourselves in that position. We're very resourceful people as addicts. So we could use that resourcefulness to get ourselves the fuck out of it. I know that's right, that, man. That is it. It's been such an honor to have you on here, Kira. Is, um, it really is, there, is there a way people can find you on social media or anything you're going through? Um, oh, I'm on Instagram, obviously, at Kira Gregory. Okay. Um, so you heard that recovery family follow Kier on Instagram at Kier Gregory. That's at sign K-E-I-R-G-R-E-G-O-R-Y. My friends, you are full of amazing unlimited potential and only you can provide your gifts to the world. People like me and Kier, we're here to help you uncover those gifts. There is a cure for addiction and it's called your passion, your purpose, combined with personal development. Until next time, co-create oneness, motivation for recovery. Dan Wilkes, I'm out.